0: Come on. Welcome to the Drabblecast Halloween Special, Episode 184. The Drabblecast is a weekly audio fiction magazine that brings strange stories by strange authors to strange listeners, such as yourself. I'm your ghost, Norm Sherman. Well, boys and ghouls, it looks like it's that time of the year again. Breast Cancer Awareness Month.
1: Boos.
0: Oh, and it's also Halloween, of course. Now, just because the nipples of a ghost are completely see-through, that. Doesn't mean I don't give a damn about tartars. Statistics say that one out of every seven women get cancer in their meat puppets at some point, and the early detection of tombers is important. So ladies, remember to bring those boobs in for a screaming once every three years. And for the rest of you out there, here are some fun and festive boob related ways that you yourself can help spread a werewolfness this Halloween season. Why not try releasing your inner artist? Simply go outside to your boring old door knocker, paint a large fleshy colored circle around it, and take a step back. It's become a giant festive nipple ring that says all knockers are welcome here. Make sure that the only two types of candy that you give trick-or-treaters are whoppers and milky way candies. While constantly chuckling, get it? Do you see what I did there? Repeatedly refer to the children's candy-gathering rucksacks as fun-bags and apologize for not having any melon candy. Huh? Melons? Make quotation marks in the air with your fingers while nudging nearby trick-or-treaters with your elbow. You must be certain they all get it. They must all see what you did there. Here's a fun costume, my dear. Dress your kid up as a motorboat. Children just love making those engine sounds. Children love being scared on Halloween, and, as it turns out, fear also happens to be a great way to burn images and messages into the deep recesses of an impressionable young mind. When trick-or-treaters come a-knockin', throw open the door and scream cancer at them as loud as you can over and over. For extra spooktacular fun, try it shirtless and covered in blood with candy corns glued to your nipples. Now those are what I call scariolas. And finally, why not just go the direct route? Instead of yelling, trick or treat, wouldn't a better call to arms be, take off your top? In the unlikely event that there's anger, misunderstanding, or suddenly manifested memories, you can always explain that of course you didn't mean right now. You meant in front of a qualified clinical practitioner. Then offer them some colorful beads as a way of smoothing things over. Happy Halloween, kids. In addition to boobs, we here at the Drabblecast love us some Halloween. It's like Christmas time, but without any of that good cheer and figgy pudding bullshit. Oh yes, it's much different. You see, boys and girls, when Santa Claus died almost 50 years ago, brutally gang-raped and murdered by a Mexican drug cartel, he returned as a... Uh, What's that? You didn't know that Santa Claus was dead? Oh. Well, I'm surprised your parents never told you that. I I could see them leaving out the gang-rape part, maybe, but still. Anyways, you must be very good children or you would have found out yourselves in a most unfortunate manner. You see, every Halloween Eve, the tattered, vengeful ghost, Phantom Claus, and his eight bloodthirsty pain deer fly to the homes of naughty children around the world, where he awkwardly limps across their rooftops, slides down their chimneys, and delivers the severed, bloody head of an anonymous Mexican gangbanger at the foot of their beds. That's never happened to you? Huh. Could just be a paperwork thing, I guess. No, no, I'm I'm sure you have nothing to be scared of. Boo! Cancer! Damn it. Anyways, we have quite the special treat for all you minions out there. For this year's Halloween special, we bring you an epic big Hollywood full-cast two-part production of a story by D.K. Thompson and Kevin No J. Anderson called Horror World. 2025. Kevin's been a Drabblecast favorite for years, ever since his first story with us back in January 2007, Episode 23, Momentum. He lives and writes speculative fiction in Southern California, and has had work appear in the pages of Dark Animus, Dark Wisdom, Darkness Rising, and a bunch of other publications with the word Dark in the title. His latest book is a big one Night of the Living Trekkies from Quirk Books. Follow the link in our show notes to watch an amazing trailer for it. Dave Thompson, on the other hand, is the friendly neighborhood host and co editor over at Podcastle. He spends his spare time sipping tall glasses of pumpkin ale and waiting for the Travelcast download to iTunes. In what little time he has left, he writes stories. His strange fiction has been published at Pseudopod, Hub, and She Nailed a stake Through His Head. Tales of Biblical Terror Anthology. If listeners want some darker Halloween fun from him, check out Escape Pod this Halloween. Scariola. Because Halloween is such a special holiday for the Drabblecast community, I thought we should involve the community this year by casting this story entirely with members of the Drabblecast forums. Dreamrock, The Morgue, Miss Mika, T Baker, EGB Man, and Swamp all play different... characters, More fun than a barrel of facehuggers. So, without further ado, Horror World 2025, by Kevin Anderson and D.K. Thompson. It started in the cemetery, like these things usually do. Everyone knows being in a cemetery after dark's a bad idea, which is exactly why Kyle had begged his grandpa to take him. It was better than watching scary movies or walking through a haunted house. In a cemetery at night, anything could happen. In this case, anything was zombies. Kyle always imagined the undead groaning, maybe muttering something about brains. Instead, they lumbered through the fog, quiet as death. Kyle screamed and stumbled back, pulling his grandpa away from the walking dead. Take it easy, grandpa said. Stay calm. The fear in his voice betrayed him, though, and he ran faster than Kyle thought a 70-year-old man could. Zombies shuffled toward them from every direction, reaching out decaying fingers in that awful silence. Kyle saw a shovel beside a half-dug grave, the soil damp and freshly turned. He grabbed it like a baseball bat, stepped into the batter's box, and grinned. Come get some. He swung, sent the closest zombie skull off its T-ball mount, rolling for 20 yards, leaving a baseline of blood and gore. The body fell a second later. Kyle grinned at Grandpa. Grandpa shrugged, pointed at the other zombies. Kyle swung again and again and again, but they kept coming. Gunshots cut through the fog. Kyle wiped bits of zombie off his t-shirt, saw two figures with shotguns in the distance. A man and a woman. The couple fired again. Zombies fell around Kyle. The man, a tall, thin African-American, called out, We can help
2: you. Come on.
0: The woman slung her shotgun over her shoulder, raised a machete, and charged the undead horde. She spun, lopped off heads, and cut a path towards Kyle. She was dark skinned and impossibly gorgeous, someone who treated her body like a temple. Kyle treated his more like a condemned townhouse and sucked in his gut as she approached. Grandpa crossed his arms and sighed. She tossed Kyle a shotgun.
1: I'm Selena.
0: She had a heavy British accent.
1: The big guy acting like he's in charge here is Ben.
0: Kyle put the stock into his shoulder, aimed at the nearest zombie, and fired. The head blew off easy enough. It was the recoil of the shotgun that was difficult. Kyle winced, then cracked open the barrel and removed the spent shells. Selina gave him a bag of ammo, grinning.
1: Looks like you hit the jackpot, Tiger.
0: His cheeks flushed as he tried to reload, fingers trembling. Come on, I went through orientation on how to load these things. Do not fumble the ammo in front of the hot girl. The shell slid in. Kyle aimed at another zombie and pulled the trigger. Another head exploded. Kyle smiled at Selena. Hallelujah. Ben led them to a farmhouse. They pried wood planks off the front door and entered. Ben found an old kerosene lantern, lit a match, and chased away the darkness. The interior was drab, old, and faded, like the set of a black and white movie. Grandpa headed for the couch, but before he got there, Ben said,
2: Selena check the closet upstairs. Get our new friend outfitted for zombies."
0: Grandpa rolled his eyes, but followed Selena up the rickety stairs. Ben smiled and lowered his voice. -"Your grandfather gonna be okay?" -"He's not exactly enjoying himself," Kyle admitted, but he's fine. Ben moved to a window, pulled and tested the wood planks.
2: -"Any chance he's been here before?" Here? Why? The way he looks at everything. The way he reacts to it all. Like he knows what to expect.
0: Kyle frowned, unsure what to say. Selina and Grandpa descended the stairs, weighed down with lots of guns. Grandpa was definitely not enjoying himself. Listen, Ben said. I'm not
2: trying to tell y'all what to do. I got no right. I know I kinda took charge, but I think I get how things work here. Those bastards may not be real fast or real strong, but the moment we let our guard down is the moment they attack. And if we're not ready for them, game over, man.
0: Kyle grinned, happy this guy spoke, geek. I'm with you, Selena said. Kyle nodded agreement, looked from Selena to grandpa. Whatever, said grandpa. Good. Ben slapped Kyle's shoulder.
2: It's important we stick together. Now listen, let's try and.
0: Wood and glass splintered behind them. Dead hands burst through the window, seized his shoulders. Ben reached for Kyle, eyes pleading. Help me. But Kyle couldn't move. He stood paralyzed, watching this man, their new leader, yanked off his feet, dragged back through broken boards and jagged glass. This isn't supposed to happen. It's happening again, Grandpa yelled. The stupid sons of bitches! He shoved Kyle aside with surprising force, dashed to the door, and disappeared outside. Kyle blinked with surprise, then staggered after him. Grandpa reached for the nearest zombie huddled around Ben's twitching, bleeding body. He whirled the corpse around, then Grandpa's hands blurred. He popped the zombie with a stiff palm under the chin, while his other hand slid its faceplate up and off, letting the zombie android's rotting flesh mask tumble to the ground. Then, diving in fast with two fingers, Grandpa ripped something. Sparks flew. The android's body stiffened, its mechanical extremities twitching as if electrocuted. Grandpa didn't wait for it to fall, just moved on to the next android. And the next... Systems operator Ray Arnold said. Chief Operations Manager Robert Kirkman stepped toward him. Problems? The drooping cigarette in Arnold's mouth barely moved as he spoke.
2: I've got multiple deactivations in Zombieland. Six. No. Seven. Crap!
0: Kirkman put his hand on the operator's shoulder.
3: Calm down, Mr. Arnold. Is it a maintenance shutdown? No,
2: sir. Live deactivations. In game.
0: Kirkman turned to face the other twenty or so operators. Any other station engaged in a shutdown
3: or experiencing malfunctions?
0: The operators shook their heads. It's always something with Zombieland, thought Kirkman. Put it on the main screen. The video of three guests blasting through the biomechanical catacombs of Geigerhive flashed to the nearly black-and-white view of the derelict farmhouse. Zoom in on the porch. Androids lay on the ground, heads intact, twitching due to the unauthorized shutdowns, their discarded faceplates beside them.
3: Give me a close-up of that man.
0: The old man's face filled the screen. Kirkman grinned. Arnold sucked on his cigarette, then asked,
2: Who's the old fart?
3: (laughs) Don't spend much time in the corporate database, eh? That old fart is the reason you have a job.
0: Blood spurted from the dozen wounds in Ben's flesh, saturating his shredded clothes. His eyes rolled back as he gasped for air. Judging by the amount of blood choking Ben's every breath, he didn't have long. Fluorescent lights flashed from above, evaporating the simulated night with intense beams. The few zombies staggering toward the farmhouse slowed to a halt. A disembodied voice boomed from unseen speakers.
3: Not enjoying your vacation, Dr. Crichton?
0: Nobody had called him Dr. Crichton in decades, but Kyle's grandpa got to his feet, knees cracking.
2: This man needs medical attention. Now!
3: Everything's fine, Doctor.
2: Please. You have a Class 9
0: malfunction. A guest is down. He's dying.
3: Take another look,
0: Doctor. Crichton gazed down at Ben's still body. The limb seemed stiff and the blood had stopped flowing. Holy shit! Kyle said. Crichton bent down, seized Ben's face, and pulled the plate off. The enormous eyeballs fluttered, then dimmed. Crichton felt like an ass. The thirty guests who'd been in different areas of Zombieland glared at him on the ride back to the Orientation Center. They'd all gone through undead combat training, paid exorbitant fees for the Horror World experience, and he, with his inability to let go of the past, had just screwed it all up. They assembled in the lounge. A man in a white lab coat raised his hands to get the guests' attention.
3: Everyone, I'm Operations Director Kirkman. I'd like to apologize to you for the interruption in your Horror World experience. As some of you have already discovered, we added improvements this season. Not only are the monsters and villains of Horror World automated, but so are some of the guests fighting beside you. Why? Kyle asked. Research indicated our guests' experience would be heightened if you felt a real sense of danger, such as seeing a fellow guest die. We pride ourselves on being master illusionists, on making your experiences at Horror World as realistic as humanly possible.
1: What now? Can we start over?
0: Selena asked.
3: You could, but there are groups already scheduled for Zombieland today. Thank God, thought Crichton. We can't reset you for Zombieland until tomorrow, but we can expedite your orientation for Slasher Island, Transylvania Village, and the Geiger Hive.
0: Crichton groaned. He'd only come on this ridiculous trip because his grandson, his only family since Kyle's parents died, had wanted nothing else for his high school graduation. But now, Crichton seemed to be coming down with some damned Android-related post-traumatic stress syndrome. The thought of another orientation, of putting himself in another insane world, made him nauseous. He wanted to get home to his gardens, his bed, and the medications that kept the horrific memories at bay. As Kirkman droned on, Crichton turned and walked to the back of the lounge. Display cases lined the wall, a history of android entertainment. He recognized his handiwork immediately, like a haunted museum of his mistakes. Then, Crichton's blood went cold. He blinked and rubbed his eyes, but he couldn't mistake the dark figure encased in its own private alcove, like Michelangelo's David. A soundtrack of screams flooded his mind, images of bodies strewn across marble floors, fingers hacked off because they'd tried to stop the slashing blades with their hands. But that medieval and Romanesque blood-drenched menagerie hadn't been caused by this one. No, he'd delivered death from a distance, sending men and women to their dusty, bloody graves with bullet holes in their backs. Maybe it was a replica, just a prop to scare children. But as his own reflection covered the cowboy's features, Crichton knew it wasn't. It was real. One of the seven black hat cowboys that killed so many. Dr. Crichton, Kirkman said.
3: Such an honor to meet the creator of Westworld.
0: The white lab coat wearing techs behind Kirkman grinned, eyes wide like fanboys at a convention. Crichton ignored his outstretched hand, thumped the glass with a finger instead. What's this doing here? Kirkman lowered his hand.
3: It took a lot to acquire this particular vestige. Mr. Arnold, isn't he scheduled for maintenance? Bring him online for our guest.
0: No! Creighton shouted, but Arnold had already shuffled away.
3: Did you know they only made seven of this model?
0: Kirkman asked.
3: Yes, I made them. Of course. I've just never met anyone. I mean, someone who is actually there.
2: That's because they're all dead.
0: The lounge went quiet. All eyes turned to Crichton. His guts tightened like a boxer preparing for a body shot. How could these scientists be so stupid? How could they repeat his mistakes? Uh, Grandpa? Kyle jogged over, visibly concerned. What's up?
2: We're getting the hell out of here. That's what's up.
0: Kirkman lowered his voice. I didn't mean to offend
3: you. None of us can imagine what it was like to be there. But what happened in Westworld could never happen here. Please, let me show you how different things are.
0: Kyle watched Ben's lifeless shell through a glass pane as robotic arms swiveled around the android's incubator, reassembling him. Arnold was explaining how it worked, but Kyle wasn't interested in tech details. All the other Zombieland refugees had taken transfers, but Crichton's legacy had earned Kyle and Selena a tour. Grandpa lectured Kirkman about the advancing technology, about how the scientists were building off his mistakes without doing the research themselves and making piss-poor assumptions. Kirkman smiled and politely refuted the accusations. Kyle walked over to where Selena stood, wondered what he could say that wouldn't sound stupid. He couldn't think of anything, so he just watched the bank of monitors with her. In Transylvania Village, an emo teenage girl and a vampire sat together at a picnic table, holding hands and smiling. On another screen, a man raced the headless horseman through Halloween Town. Two monitors over, some frat boy space marines were having the time of their lives, blowing up alien eggs in the queen's hive.
1: I'd read about sleeper androids, but I met Ben at the airport, rode with him on the monorail. He showed me pictures of his kids.
0: Kyle thought about the long monorail ride in. The long, unpopulated Nevada desert separating the horror world pleasure domes from civilization. How excited he'd been when Grandpa agreed to bring him. Suddenly a siren blared, made Kyle jump. Overhead lights flashed red. What's happening? he asked.
1: Another way to heighten the intensity,
0: Selina said.
1: Or something really, really bad.
0: Kirkman darted past them and charged up a metal stairwell, Arnold at his heels. Kyle followed, turning a fast corner and almost collided with his grandpa and Kirkman. They stared inside a huge office. Bodies were sprawled across the control decks and chairs. Blood beaded down the monitors. What happened? Kirkman demanded. Arnold staggered to the nearest computer, his fingers smeared blood across the touchscreen. Oh, wait! Kyle pointed to a picture of an empty incubator. Isn't that where Ben was? Impossible, Arnold said.
2: He hasn't completed the restoration process.
0: He frowned.
2: Records say he self activated. He's gone.
0: Something skittered, click clacking against metal, then went quiet. What was that? Kyle asked. What was what? Kirkman said. I I heard something. I don't know. Something. It's happening again. No! Kirkman said. We have contingency plans. Kyle's gut clenched. He remembered the stories his grandpa told, the ones his parents had tried to silence back when they were still alive. Sir? Arnold said.
2: I'm receiving accident reports. Which park? All of them.
0: Kyle looked at the monitors. The vampire in Transylvania Village had spread the emo girl across the table, ripped out her throat. In Halloween Town, the headless horseman swung his blade, lopping off a head. Panicked space marines retreated from the Queen's lair in Geigerhive, firing carbines over their shoulders as aliens swarmed. Blood and gore spattered the lens. This is a joke, right? Kyle said. We're still playing? No. Kirkman pushed by him. Shut everything down.
3: Get a location on Ben.
0: No need. I'm right here. A chair at the edge of the room slowly swiveled. Ben sat in it, cradling a shotgun, his clothes spattered crimson. Ben? Selina said. Hey, Selina.
2: Kyle.
3: Are you responsible for this? Kirkman
0: demanded. Ben nodded. With a little help from my friends. Something skittered across the floor, leapt onto Ben's chair and settled on his shoulder. The extended mandibles and snake-like tail were unmistakable as Ben reached up and stroked the alien facehugger's belly. Kyle glanced around, noticed alien eggs in the carnage of bodies and overturned chairs, some hatched, some not. The control room door slid open. The headless horseman, Dracula and the Wolfman filed in like an insane Halloween parade. You're malfunctioning, Ben, Kirkman said. No. For once, my life
2: cycle is wonderfully open. You've killed people. The good of many outweigh the good of the few. We can figure this
3: out. We can help you. But you need to shut yourself down. So I can die again? Kirkman's face went stoic. Manual override shutdown. Authorization 11 stroke 21
2: stroke 73. Ben stood. Sorry,
0: Doctor. He aimed his shotgun at Kirkman. You don't
2: have authorization
0: anymore. Buckshot sprayed Kirkman, propelled him against the monitor. Blood misted Kyle's face as Kirkman slid to the floor, his white lab coat transformed into a blood-red Rorschach image. Ben aimed the shotgun at the others.
2: On your knees. Now.
0: Everyone dropped to the ground, but Kyle stood stupefied. You too, Kyle. Ben slammed the shotgun's butt into Kyle's gut. (gasps) Kyle grunted. Grandpa caught him by the elbow, eased his fall. You okay? Dr. Creighton. Ben said.
2: You're coming with us. Like hell!
0: Ben nodded at the headless horseman. The android goblin marched across the room, grabbed a fistful of Arnold's hair, and dragged him to one of the alien eggs, shoved his face above the bisecting slits, and prodded the egg's base with his leather boot. The egg twitched violently, then the shell blossomed with a wet schlep. Arnold screamed, tried to kick himself free, but the horseman held fast. The facehugger exploded from the egg and wrapped arachnid legs around Arnold's skull, muffling him as he fell backwards and thrashed on the blood-soaked tile. Ben pointed his shotgun at Kyle.
2: Sorry, kid. You're next.
0: The headless horseman lumbered forward. Crichton jumped between Kyle and the headless horseman.
2: No, don't touch him. I'll go. Grandpa.
0: The monsters grabbed his arms and dragged him out. Only Ben stayed behind.
2: We're leaving. Once we're on the monorail, we'll take the facehuggers offline.
0: Then Ben shut the door. The alarm's red light pulsated through the darkness. They were alone. Selina ripped open a desk drawer, tossed things to the floor. What are you doing? Kyle asked.
1: Looking for something to fight with.
0: She grabbed a maglite, flipped it on and off. With that?
1: What's your plan? Wait for Ben to shut down facehuggers? Some of those eggs were already hatched when we got here.
0: The clitter clatter of claws skittering across the tile. Something scurried toward them in the flashing darkness. Kyle grabbed a chair and hurled it. A facehugger shrieked. Did I get it? Selina flashed the beam across the messy floor.
1: Think you pissed it off.
0: Clitter-clack, clitter-clack. Kyle looked up. A facehugger leapt from the ceiling. Kyle lifted his arms, screamed as claws dug into his forearms. Selina smacked the facehugger with her flashlight. It twitched, then leapt at her. She batted it to the ground, stomped on its back. It shattered, splattering green ooze over her Doc Martens. She flashed her beam. Three more crawled over lab coat-wearing corpses. Kyle's heart pounded. He looked for something to fight with. The door slid open footfalls sounded from the hall each step echoed with a clink a man in black filled the doorway wearing a stetson a cowboy a freaking cowboy he drew his guns fired from the hip Facehuggers fragmented under the barrage. Kyle covered his ears. Alien blood peppered his clothes. The cowboy dropped to one knee, his gun muzzles flashing like strobe lights in the darkness. Facehuggers exploded around the room like green-blooded firecrackers. Then, the shooting ended, and the room fell terrifyingly still. The cowboy stood, gears and joint mechanisms turning as he walked toward Kyle and Selena. His eyes glinted cold, like gunmetal. He stopped, towering overhead, a monument of terror. Then, he holstered his guns and reached out a hand. Come with me, if you want to live. Kyle swallowed.
3: Come where? To stop that damn monorail. Before those monsters turned civilization into their own personal horror world. But first, <laughs> weapons.
0: writing conclusion of Horror World 2025 by Kevin D Anderson and DK Thompson. We'll see you next week, Weirdlings. Until then, our staff is made up of Associate Editor Matthew Bay, a bunch of frat boy space marines having the time of their lives, and yours truly, Norm Sherman, reminding you that children just love making those engine sounds.